It's time to go around the courts with Sean Fuster on 5AA Breakfast. Speak up for a better South Australian community through independent charity Crime Stoppers and Police Credit Union. Sean Fuster, Chief Court Reporter for Tizer, host of the Just Lawful podcast, and Sean 5AA joins us. Sean, good morning to you. Morning, guys. Um, I don't know how many times you've seen people collapse in court or have medical episodes, but the case of Raylene Polymiatis has been interesting because she had a medical issue with regard to her care in um, in um, in cut whilst whilst incarcerated, but also it seems now in in just before giving evidence in court yesterday, what transpired? Well, look, we'll, we'll put an allegedly in there about the medical care in prison because what's happening is Ms. Polymiatis, who is charged with murdering both of her parents with unnecessary insulin injections one year apart, the allegation that she's making now is that she's not being treated correctly right. in prison, that prison health authorities aren't looking after her blood sugar levels. She's a diabetic. They're not giving her food at the right time, the correct insulin. They're not managing her care in the way it's managed in the community. And she and her lawyers are saying... If you leave me in custody for the two years it's going to take to get to trial, I could conceivably die. Then, as we're due to actually argue that, and as the prison health authorities acting managers due to step up into the witness box and say, no, that's not the case, we're doing everything correctly, Mrs. Polymiatis has some kind of medical episode in the cells that are next door to the court. We watched as, and I've got to praise sheriff's officers here, court sheriff's officers did an amazing job yesterday rushing to her care, looking after her, keeping her conscious, keeping her talking, looking after her while, unfortunately, it took an hour for an ambulance to arrive. And an hour? Artist, an hour, yeah. The ramping crisis came right up to the front doors of the Supreme Court. Six streets yesterday. away from the Royal Adelaide Hospital, they couldn't get an ambulance mm. up for an hour. That's right, that's right. So, And I'm not criticising the AMBO themselves for that, because when they turned up, it was all professional, all top-quality care, as it always is with the SA Ambulance Service. But unfortunately, there was that big delay there. And during that time, Mrs Polymiatis actually lost consciousness for at least a short period. So she was taken off to the RA, and we had the scenes that you can see on the Tizer website, the video that I took of her being let out on a stretcher, covering over her face, handcuffed on her left wrist, shackled on her right ankle as she's taken off, to the RA. So a bit ironic there that, you know, while we're having an argument in court about whether or not her care is sufficient, she's having an episode in the cell right next door to that argument. So, Sean, just clarify one thing for me. Just reading your, your, your piece last night online and, again, looking at it now in, in the paper, um, it says ambulance staff were called to the Sir Samuel Way building to attend upon Mrs. Polymiatis in the cells. Are there cells at the courts, are there? Yeah, there's cells underground, which is where everybody comes. It's sort of like a feeder system. In the morning, everyone that's going to be appearing in court in the morning is brought to the underground cells. And when the time comes, they're moved up to an antechamber cell type thing just off each courtroom. They then come into the dock, do what they need to in the dock, taken back to the antechamber cell, eventually taken back downstairs to the underground cells and ferried back to their respective prisons. And depending on the trial they're sitting or hearing length or how long they're due to appear is how long they stay in those antechamber cells, how long they stay in the underground cells and when they're ferried in and out. But of course, since COVID, a lot of it's done on CCTV via direct video link to the various prisons and uh, custodial facilities around the state. Sean, you put together a really compelling piece of uh, a writing over the weekend with regard to this. This what, what feels from the outside like a really large number of cases um, in recent times where we've seen uh, the the accusations withdrawn at the trial stage. What, what's happening in in the courts in SA where we've seen a lot of these high profile cases make it to trial and then suddenly um, it all goes away? 
there's the official answer and there's my sniffing the winds and having an opinion answer. So let's hear let, both. Let's, start, let's do both. Yeah, let's start with the official <laughs> answer. The official answer is that when the DPP assesses a case, the Director of Public Prosecutions, their remit is to assess and determine whether or not there's reasonable prospects of conviction. And if there's no reasonable prospect of conviction, if they don't have better than 50-50 shot of actually succeeding in their prosecution, the decision is made to withdraw the charges. Now, one of the big reasons that's done is because if you take someone to trial on a case you don't think you can prove and they are acquitted, that's the end of it. You can never charge them again. The double jeopardy rule that we hear so much about. Whereas if you hold fire draw away, circle the wagons, maybe there's a chance police can do more investigating, maybe there's a chance something else will come up, another witness will come forward, and you can have a proper go at it down the track. Mm. So that makes good tactical sense, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Mm. Speaking on an opinion level now, we had some major changes made to case management flow by the former state government in terms of when things have to be done by, when people have to have their evidence handed over, when you have to enter your guilty pleas in order to get a discount, etc., etc. That was brought in under John Rao. Ever since those changes were made, there's been, in my opinion, again, discombobulation between police and the prosecution in terms of the police having a very short time to get all of their information together and the DPP having the right to keep sending it back, like a teacher sending back homework saying, no, you haven't done this, you haven't done this, you haven't done this. And because stuff's getting sent back again and again, we're getting further, further down the track, and lawyers then have the right to say, well, Your Honour, my client's been waiting 10 weeks, my client's been waiting 12 weeks, my client's been in custody for four months, it's time to drop this case, and magistrates are obliged under legislation to throw the cases out. Mm. So you've got this logjam at the beginning where the police are working feverishly to meet deadlines that are, in my opinion, unrealistic, for the DPP to then do the right thing to say, look, this is not going to get over the line, go do more work, for the magistrate to do the right thing and then say, well, this person's accused and they've been spending all this time in custody, they need to be let go. So a combination of everyone doing the right thing in a time frame that doesn't really allow for justice to be done in the way well, that we're used to doing. The impetus, Sean, for re- reducing those time frames, was that an A? I'm just thinking back to the time. Was that with a view to try to decongest the courts because they, they they were being overrun with, with cases and the delays were too great then? It was because the delays were in the district court. That was where the problems yeah. were. The district court had a 12-month at that point trial backlog. That backlog's now blown out past the 18-month mark, is my understanding, wow, at the current stage, because the logjam's now at the front of the pipe mm. rather than at the end of the pipe. And so all those cases that do successfully make it through are still bogging into the district court as a great lump sum at the same time, which means you've still got a long period of time to wait for your trial. All it's done is shifted where the delay happens, not done anything to address the delay. Yeah, I remember the story originally. It does sound like the solution's... Um, uh, the cure is any better than the disease, as they say. Uh, Sean, great analysis as always, mate. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. David Pemberthy and Will Goodings, 6 to 9, 5AA Breakfast.